0: I'm Joe Catalano with an A.M. Quincy News update for Wednesday, January 24th. The city of Quincy will be selling a building that it purchased a little over a year ago to the state for the planned replacement of the Quincy District Courthouse. The single-story brick office building at 6 to 10 McGrath Highway will be sold to the state for the same $1.8 million that the city purchased it for in December of 2022. Assistant City Solicitor Janet Petkin told the City Council this week that it's a break-even transaction. The city used the district improvement financing money to purchase the building, then requested reimbursement from federal pandemic relief funds. Mayor Thomas Koch had said he wanted to use the building for substance use support group meetings, the City Council this week unanimously agreed to sell the building. Quincy City Council is once again asking the administration to conduct a citywide review of the city's zoning codes and maps. Councilor-at-large Nina Liang this week reintroduced a resolution that was approved last year requesting the review, which she says has not been done since 1970. Council President Ward 3 Councilor Ian Kane echoed his colleagues in supporting the effort. The resolution states that the review should reflect the needs of residents, including density, protecting open space, establishing viable business districts, broadening the tax base, and incorporating access to public transportation. Also, this week, Councilor Nina Liang reintroduced a resolution asking that the city review the potential adoption of the state's specialized stretch code that sets new energy efficiency standards for new developments. The code ensures that new construction is consistent with the state's greenhouse gas limits. Ward 1 Councilor Dave McCarthy worries that the code could place an undue financial burden. On developers, Ward 4 counselor James Devine also expressed concern about how adopting the stretch code would impact homeowners making improvements to their property. Liang agreed that a full, in-depth study of the code is required. There is a second ghost bike in Quincy. Quinn Cycles and the Mass Bike Coalition held a ceremony on Monday at Hancock Street and Albion Road in North Quincy to dedicate the ghost bike in memory of 63-year-old... Wang Hui Gao, who was struck and killed by a FedEx truck as he was riding a bicycle on September 26th. State Representative Jackie Chan and City Councilors Nina Liang, Dan Minton, and Scott Campbell also attended the ceremony, along with Gao's family members and members of the bicycle community. A ghost bike was also installed on McGrath Highway near Southern Artery in memory of 89-year-old Wu Lee Dane, who was struck and killed by a car while riding a bike in a nearby parking lot. Quincy College basketball coach Doug Scott will be honored for recently earning his 100th win during a ceremony this Saturday at Eastern Nazarene College in Quincy. Scott coached the Granite to their 100th win on January 18th with a victory at Holyoke Community College. The Quincy College Granite have earned regional championships and postseason berths under Scott's coaching and a dozen alumni have gone on to play at four-year NCAA and NAIA schools. Scott was a standout player at Quincy High School and Massasoit Community College and returned to coach at Quincy High before leading up the basketball program at Quincy College. He's also active with the Boston Amateur Basketball Club, coaches his daughters, Grade school team and serves as director of summer leadership camps for the Bow Foundation, which provides activities and education for seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. Scott will be honored during a brief ceremony Saturday at 1 p.m. before the Granite take on Community College of Rhode Island at ENC. Now, fearing a spate of hospital closures that could jeopardize healthcare access. For vulnerable patients, the Massachusetts congressional delegation wants a financial briefing from Steward Healthcare. Lawmakers also want an update on the status of Steward's facilities and the company's plans to ensure the communities Steward's hospitals serve are not abandoned. The company, which last month announced plans to close a long term care and rehabilitation hospital in Stoughton this spring, is facing major financial challenges that could lead to more facility closures. Stewart operates nine facilities in Massachusetts, including Kearney Hospital in Dorchester. In a letter to Stewart's CEO, Dr. Ralph De La Torre, the delegation warned that shuttering the company's safety net hospitals, which serve a high volume of Medicaid and Medicare patients, would primarily burden Massachusetts residents who already face the greatest challenges accessing health care. State law requires hospitals to notify the Department of Public Health at least 120 days before it intends to stop services. Beacon Hill lawmakers have been exploring options to block closures if services are deemed essential or to establish a mechanism for state receivership of hospitals. An Executive Office of Health and Human Services spokesperson said the Department of Public Health will continue to closely monitor and work with steward to protect patients, preserve jobs, and maintain quality. Three days after announcing a push to give cities and towns more control over how many liquor licenses they issue, Governor Healy opted against actually putting that idea before lawmakers, despite it winning support from the top Senate Democrat first-term executive team described alcohol licensing reform as one of several key features in a wide-ranging municipal empowerment act they rolled out last week, pitching it as a way to remove the existing hurdle of securing state approval. Governor's office highlighted the idea in a press release saying the bill to be filed on Monday would unlock new opportunities for small and minority and women-owned businesses by empowering local governments to set their own liquor license quotas and bypass the existing Home Rule petition process. But the bill that Healy filed on Monday does not move to redirect power over liquor license caps from the state to cities and towns. Healy met privately with House Speaker Rahm and Senate President Karen Spilka on Monday before she officially filed her bill. And it did not become clear until after the trio spoke with reporters that Healy would no longer include the liquor license reform in her legislation. Under current law, cities and towns that want to issue more liquor licenses need to secure the state's blessing by filing a Home Rule petition, getting it passed through both branches and signed by the governor. Some leaders have argued that that system poses unnecessary obstacles and handcuffs local decision-making to the whims of the legislature. The bill Healy filed on Monday still pursues the bevy of other reforms that she outlined at the MMA meeting, including new local option taxes she said would help cities and towns generate the revenue they need, plus permanent authorization for popular pandemic-era outdoor dining and cocktails to go. Check of business news this morning. Stocks are mixed. The Dow was down ninety six points. The NASDAQ rose sixty five. The SP is up fourteen. Asian stocks also mixed the dollars down, the Euros up, oil at seventy four dollars a barrel. In sports, the Bruins will host the hurricanes tonight at seven thirty. Forecast from the National Weather Service. Some mixed precipitation changing over to rain today, high of 38 degrees. Cloudy tonight, low 32. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy at a high of 52. Rain on Friday, a high of 46, and then cloudy 42 for Saturday. The Marine Force cast calling for one-foot waves. Southerly winds at 5 to 10 knots and a high tide at 10.17 a.m. Sunrise 7.04, sets at 4.47. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Wednesday, January 24th.